The Holy Gospel for this fourth Sunday in Advent comes from Luke chapter 1. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb left with joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Please be seated. (laughs) Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in just over 24 hours, perhaps you may very well be back here in this room, in this space, maybe if you're lucky, in the very same chair to worship on Christmas Eve. Maybe you'll come earlier at 4 or 6 p.m. when it's already dark but not quite late, right before or right after dinner, maybe presents still waiting to be opened at home and the anticipation of it sending the younger people in your family right over the edge. (laughs) Or maybe you'll wait until later on, 8 or 10 p.m., when it is truly pitch black outside when the candles seem to take on an extra brightness and the darkness itself feels like a place of possibility and intimacy and peace. Or maybe you're more of a morning person, so you wait till Christmas Day, when not even a gray and cloudy morning can dim the brightness and the hope and the promise that we share on that morning. But we're not there yet. Before the baby can be born, before the carols and the candles and the silent night, we have the very not silent announcement today from the angel to Mary and the sisterhood of Mary and Elizabeth as they share together their mutually astonishing news of babies that nobody saw coming. Christmas does do something to our sense of time, I think. You might feel like the month of December has simply evaporated in front of you. Always more to do than can be done. Another thing, another gift, another list, another cookie recipe, another party, another task. And you've blinked at Thanksgiving and poof, it's Christmas Eve. And you wonder, where did that all go? But Christmas can also mess with our sense of time in other ways. You might remember people who have died, even died years ago, but at this time of year, you remember them with a particular bittersweet clarity, 
the holidays you had with them as close as your breath and yet feeling like another lifetime. December can pass quickly for many of us, but it can drag on for others of us. Everyone seems to be celebrating a joyful holiday and you are more in a place of waiting or worry or fear. We can easily remember Christmas's past very selectively, editing out all of the family arguments or the disappointing gifts, the undone tasks and the empty places at the dinner table, convincing ourselves it was all better back then, back when it was magical and perfect. At this point right now on December 23rd, we are all the exact same number of hours away from whatever will happen tomorrow. But we're each in a very different place of readiness and anticipation and relationship to what will happen on Christmas. Some of us are so excited, we can hardly stand it, and we've been counting down the hours for weeks. (laughs) Some of us are so tired, we can hardly stand it, and we have been counting down the days and hours until it's done. Some of us are worried or anxious. Some of us are grieving. Some of us are lonely. Some of us are anticipating a Christmas that might be the last one with someone we love. So yeah, we're all in this room together, but... We are not all in the same place. Perhaps Christmas does rearrange our sense of time, in part because that's been built into the story from the very beginning. Everything about the birth of Jesus is a colossal interruption for everyone involved, even before Jesus himself shows up. We hear a little today about Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah, who become the parents of John the Baptist who had learned all their lives to live without a child, without the child they wanted so much, accepting that their advanced age meant this dream was off the table for them. Until one day, Zechariah came home from his job at the temple, suddenly unable to speak. And Elizabeth figures out over not too long a period of time that something is happening, that she and he did not think possible. And then there's Mary at the opposite end of the age spectrum, maybe 13 or 14 years old, preparing to begin her life with Joseph when an angel arrives to invite her into an unexpected pregnancy, one that's much harder for her to explain and quite likely to cost her her engagement and her reputation. Then, of course, there's the shepherds who are just minding their business when the sky begins to sing and they make their way to Bethlehem. The homes of Bethlehem that are all full up, no room for anybody. When a man and very pregnant woman arrive knocking on the doors, hoping for some place to stay. Nothing in the story, nothing in the themes of Advent or Christmas ever follows a nice, neat timeline never waits until we are ready, has no interest in our carefully laid plans and our sugar-coated ideas about the perfect celebration. Everything about Jesus is disruption and mess and rearranging everything we planned on. Less than 24 hours from Christmas, that may not feel like very good news to us. But Jesus never does wait 
until we say that we are ready. Maybe he learned that from his mom. Maybe the song she sang today is one she sang to him all through his growing up. You sang that gospel too, and then I read it. We've heard it twice today. My soul magnifies the Lord, says Mary. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. But then she goes on to sing, No Ordinary Bedtime Lullaby. This is a profoundly revolutionary song about a God who comes to turn everything upside down, to kick tyrants off their thrones, to fill up the, fill up the poor at banquet tables and send the rich away empty. And did you notice that in her song, Mary sings as if all of these things have already happened? As if the baby she just learned about has already accomplished all this stuff, has already turned the world upside down. God's faithfulness in the past is so present and real and true for Mary that it's as if the hopes and dreams of the angel are already a done deal. That's quite a song for a 13-year-old who still has to tell her fiancé that there's a baby on the way. And so Mary teaches us something in these last waning hours of Advent. She reminds us that it is almost always in the chaotic, messy, imperfect times, the times when we are not ready at all, the times when past and present and future are all mixed up together and we are sometimes hardly aware of where we are, it is in that beautiful and broken mess that God shows up. Now, broken messes are not hard to find these days. You may have your own. But on the off chance that you don't, you have only to open your eyes and watch the news for 15 minutes, or talk to your neighbor, listen to stories from your neighborhood, your community, from our nation, from all over the world, coming at us at high speed all the time. You have only to pay a little bit of attention to feel as if things are unraveling at their core, as if chaos and disorder are all there is. You can watch as floodwaters rise and tornadoes land in very odd places and ice melts and we wonder where we will be as a human race when we finally decide to deal with the impact of climate change. We've all watched as men and women and children flee from violence and disorder in Central America and make their way slowly and painfully hundreds of miles only to be turned away or separated from one another by the gridlock of a nation that cannot figure out what to do. You can watch civil war claim innocent lives and mental illness continue to cause chaos in families and gun violence and hate crimes on the increase. And you can easily slide into despair about it all. It's not hard to find broken messes these days. But then it never has been, really. 
Think about Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary and Joseph and the chaos of their time. Uprooted from their homes and forced to travel back to the towns of their ancestors to be counted so the emperor will get all the taxes. The Roman Empire was cruel at the best of times. And the religious authorities often chose to cooperate so they could get some power for themselves. There were refugees and migrants and civil wars. There was mental illness and infertility and poverty and prejudice and illness and death, just like there is now. When we are paying attention, it is never hard to find broken messes in the world. And that's what God has always chosen. The mess, the disorder, the chaos. God has always chosen the least and the little and the lost. God has always chosen the kids and the foreign woman and the teenage mother and the infertile couple, the ordinary shepherd. As Mary sings, we remember all of that. God's faithfulness to us for so long. All the way back to Sarah and Abraham and their laughable elderly age to have their baby Isaac. The anointing of a nobody shepherd boy from Bethlehem to be King David over Israel. The invitation to prophet after prophet after prophet to speak the truth to power. Every single one of those prophets said, no thank you, at first. All the way to the people of Israel themselves, named after the act of wrestling with God, which was the one thing they were really good at. Along with complaining and moaning and making mistake time after time. And every single step along the way, God refuses to leave. Mary sings today as if that past is present and the present is in the future. And if you are feeling like everything right now is a mess, preparation and hopes and dreams and anxieties and expectations all crumpled together, then Mary is singing for you. That's where God is. You may not be ready. Maybe you never will be. But God's advent among us is a sure and certain promise. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. For which we will say, thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>